You know, I would say we're pretty upbeat people. Definitely glass half full and bright side kind of gals. True, but there are places and spaces that call for a different mindset. So today we're exploring grief, how it affects us, our people, and our workplaces. Let's get into it. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. We have a great mocktail today. This one has chamomile tea, pineapple juice, freshly squeezed lemon juice, which, you know, is, fixes everything that ails you, and a little bit of honey syrup. It's called the pineapple chamomile lemonade which does not come as a surprise, but it is delightful. It is. And, you know, I'm always surprised because I, in my head I associate pineapple juice with, or pineapple and pineapple juice with like a really bitey flavor, but this isn't that. It's it's just nice and even. Yeah, and I would have never thought to mix it with chamomile tea or anything like that. And so I really enjoy that combination that surprised me a whole bunch. And it, but it, And it's so. also cool. It's a cold drink. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cold drink, so it's nice. And we all know chamomile is good for your, good for you when you need a bit of calm. Yeah, good for the soul. Yeah. So, uh, if we're honest, listeners, Jen and I set to record this, and then we punted because it was like we don't want to talk about something sad. But That's now funny. here I was we going are. To say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, we we were gonna we put this off twice. I think yes. So, but but here we are, and I think we put it off because it's a confronting topic, but also because we don't like to be sad. Um, but the, and the thing is, is that gr- so grief for me, for anybody that doesn't know me, like grief lives right under the surface of my skin. So I'll just get serious for a sec. Um, I am currently the age that my mother was when she got breast cancer, and she had five years left. We didn't know at the time, obviously, and so. Grief lives like right underneath my skin and anything that feels like a little bit of loss or grief, that scab gets picked real easy. So I um, I feel very sensitive to this topic, but I also feel like I've had a lot of counseling around this topic. <laughs> While I'm not an expert in that way, um, I do feel like I have a lot of vernacular and language around this topic. I think that's fair. And, you know, I thank you for sharing your story because I know it's not easy. And I think you talk about it a lot in little pockets and spaces. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, is so many of us do have grief and have a story maybe similar to Karen's or one that's our own. And um, everyone in the world experiences it at some point in time. So maybe we're all experts or maybe yeah. we're all still floundering. I'm not sure. I would say that we all are experts by the end. That's true. And it doesn't have to be the death of a person, right? Um, there's lots of different ways that we grieve. We grieve the end of relationships. We grieve, uh, you know, financial or, you know, some sort of economic loss. We grieve perceptions and hopes and dreams when they don't, when things don't turn out the way we want them to. We grieve public policy changes. Yeah. We grieve public policy changes. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And the funny thing is, um, it's so interesting because different people in different spaces feel grief so overwhelmingly and in, in different ways. 
but yet our children who haven't experienced what we have feel grief in tiny little ways that to us might feel inconsequential, but it's very big in their little life, right? Yeah. And so it just comes in all shapes and sizes and it's very much part of the human condition, which means it's something we have to confront or embrace with every interaction we have. And that includes where we work. Yeah. And I think, you know, that the old conception that, you know, you could leave your personal life at the door, we know for a fact that that's just not the case, that we are who we are regardless of our geography. And that when we're going through tough times, you don't get to shed that coat when you sit down at your desk. And um, as employers, we have to be employers, managers, bosses, whatever, how could we not be compassionate for what our folks are going through? And grief does take a lot of shapes and sizes. So it could be anticipatory grief, you know, people who are anticipating the loss of something or someone. It could be um, reactionary grief, (laughs) the grief that comes from re-experiencing something horrible. So it doesn't just have to be a specific thing, but to expect that someone doesn't hold some grief in their hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And to expect that grief is some sort of finite event, which I think we are all prone to do, right? Yeah. Cause our, our employee manuals have some sort of bereavement policy, right? So that yeah. should be sufficient. A few days and you're out. Yeah. All done. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> that's not how it works. And we all know, I mean, mm-hmm. your, your experience that you just shared with us is a really great observation because you are, you are far from 18 now, I hate to tell you. And so you're still experiencing this like you did when you were 18. And that's a great illustration of the fact that um, grief doesn't go away. It doesn't. It changes, of course. You learn how to manage it. The grief morphs and shows up in different ways, but it just changes me. It's a lens from which I view the world. Not always, right? I'm not always wearing those glasses, but there's an absence that's always kind of palpable. Let me ask you this, if it's not too much. Do you feel like the event of your mother passing when you were young then brings on a whole series of events and changes to your life that I think we've talked about before? And so, So not only do you have that sort of beginning grief and that overarching grief, but then you you have these small griefs along the way of things that you expected that you would have that maybe didn't go the way you thought they would because your mother, your mother had passed. Yeah, I would so say... compounds. Yeah, I would say that there's um, residual grief in that. I mean, certainly when I got married, so you, like, you grieve milestones that you imagine them a certain way, right? Right. And then they don't look like that. And so, and that's okay because they look different and you can still cherish those milestones. Uh, I would say the birth of my children I were especially hard. There's a really great, if anybody's looking for grief resources, there's a really great um, series of books called Motherless Daughters that that talks about women's experiences becoming parents without the support of their mother figure. But yeah, it it changes along the way, but I don't know what it is to be an adult with a mother. I've I've grown very comfortably into my relationship with my mother-in-law, but she even knows that she'll never be my mom. Right. And you know, this is a 
this is one of those big expected griefs that we're talking about. You know, I mean, everyone dreads the loss of someone dear to them. We as a culture understand that and respect that to a certain extent, though I think part of what we want to talk about today is how can we respect that more in a workplace and what is our role and responsibilities, um, what's our responsibility to, to take care of the people around us and make sure they have that space. Um, but then there's the grief that, that that people might not understand. So, for example, and I'm probably putting this poorly, I certainly can understand you talking about losing your mother and everyone says, oh, I get it. Um, but there are other other experiences that someone might have grief over um, and it might really affect who they are, how they react in certain situations that I just don't understand because I'm so far from ever ever having experienced it or being near to it. Um, my guess is, for example, someone who it's akin to someone who has experienced PTSD and someone who hasn't remotely experienced PTSD. You don't understand what that feels like at all. Mm -hmm. So, so grief comes in all these shapes and sizes and places and we don't, we don't always understand them when we see them in other people. And sometimes we do understand them and say, Oh, I can understand what it must be like for you, but really I can't because I didn't experience what you experienced. And so grief is just one of those strange places that conceptually we understand that, this happens to everybody, and we need to be cognizant and kind. But deep down, do we ever know what someone else is going through and or why they're going through it and or how it's affecting them, right? No, because I think I think um, grieving is, is complicated, and I think um, it is different for everybody. And you can even grieve something that you hated <laughs> or someone <laughs> that you don't care for. Um, so because relationships are complicated. And so... I think our society does a really good job rallying around people for the two weeks or the four weeks after someone has experienced a loss, but then there's this quietness that is so isolating because the meal train has stopped. Um, do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. So um, I think the waves of grief and being sensitive to if anybody that's you know in your office, for example, has experienced a loss and being sensitive to those anniversaries um, or other milestones or other things that could be triggering, it is it is an extension of it is a huge extension of compassion and understanding of humanity to be there in a way that just says. I acknowledge that this might be a really hard month for you, or this might be a really hard holiday for you, or, hey, if you need to take time, let's talk. I think being a leader doing so, it gives the employee the opportunity to not have to ask permission. So what I'm hearing you say, if I take if I take what you just said and try to put it into like actionable HR practice, <laughs> a good example, you know, we know when our employees' birthdays are, we know when their work anniversaries are, we keep that stuff on a spreadsheet. Um, what I'm hearing you say is notable milestones in a life that might be around a moment of grief or a moment of transition are something we could literally record and and recognize and make space for moving forward. Yeah. It's a very easy way as a leader, to make that space. Yeah, and I think it's funny because as a society, we celebrate births, we celebrate weddings, we celebrate birthdays, 
And things that feel more tender or sad, we're afraid to shine a light on, but that doesn't mean that somebody's not silently going through that. So why not acknowledge it and extend grace and tenderness and love? I really love that. And you, when you say that, I wonder when, when we say, is, is that a uniquely American thing? Is that a uniquely capitalist thing? Is that... Uh, society telling us we should always be happy all the time and Instagram reel should always be lovely. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I can't, I can't point to anything specific or any other cultures specifically, but I do know that, um, you know, think about in America, oftentimes we won't take our kids to funerals. Well, we don't want them to disrupt, right? We don't want them to be the center of attention. So we don't have them participate in something that is, often still a celebration of somebody's life. And so then it becomes an awkward thing that we don't know what to do with. Well, and it becomes a place where we separate the normal and the joyful and the sad, right? So the things that are normal, kids running around being kids, so things that are joyful, laughter, we take that out of the process of the things that um, are associated with loss and grief, but we all know that that stuff's all mixed up in the same cocktail it is. in every person, right? It is. And I think we would be remiss to um, acknowledge just how many people in the world, Americans certainly, are experiencing grief. Because with COVID, I think I read for every one COVID death, there's nine people grieving. And you know it's probably likely more than that but nine people really struggling with grief. And so you take that COVID number of deaths and you multiply it by nine in terms of people who are having really tough milestones. And you realize that our workplaces are forever changed because our lives are forever changed. And to not be sensitive about that, for me, it's just humanity, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think... I doubt anybody listening to our podcast would disagree in any way. Um, but it's also something we we aren't trained to think about on a regular basis. And as, as managers, leaders, em, employers, et cetera, it doesn't make it into the employee manual very well, does it? And maybe that's an omission. And maybe that's something we could easily fix. Yeah. And, and whether it makes it into the uh, manual or not, it's, it can make it into the leader's brain. Do you know what I mean? Like the manual doesn't have to say that how it's going to go because grief is so unique and specific to a person, then therefore the way you treat it should be. Yeah. You make a good point. We're not really putting it in the employee manual per se, but we do want it in our brain. And I think the way we can do that is to sort of understand the stages of grief we know denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance is a stage. And, and you know, those things go go back and forth and sometimes they take a long time and sometimes they don't. And, and then acceptance can stay and go and change how somebody perceives the world. And so if we just understand the psychology of how this works for people and understand how that process could work, it makes us better able to respond and support and understand and be flexible. So I think really for me, the message about today is grief is something that we all experience and we would be crazy and we would be foolish to think that it starts and stops in a few days for anyone in our sphere. 
And so we can make people's lives a little calmer and more kind if we just keep that process in mind. So well said. And I feel like anybody who's going through grief for any reason, um, they're going to be very unlikely to ask for grace. And so the better we are to extend, um, the healthier our workplaces will be. Karen, we did it. We had avoided this topic for a while and we made it through. (laughs) It didn't make us cry. Uh, It made us cry a little bit. Almost a little bit. Not so bad though. All right. Well, thank you for uh, coming along with us listeners. Take care. Jen, what are we talking about next time? Well, we have all been in a position where we've dreaded having a conversation. Oh, the belly ache that comes with that anticipation is awful. It's awful. But as leaders and employers, we've had practice getting through conversations that require a little courage and grace and kindness. And that is what we're talking about next time. Join us. <laughs>